Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport with me, John Norman, and alongside me, Gareth Batty. It's a World Cup special this week as we cast our eyes over the squads assembled by some of England's biggest challengers. One team who nobody's really tipping is the AB de Villiers light South Africans, but his former teammate, Morning Morkel, thinks otherwise. I think it's going to be a cracker first, first game. Um, you know, a little bit of worry. I reckon, you know, South Africa did not all order, top order. You know, what sort of combinations they're going to go with. But, uh, yeah, in terms of bowling, I think, you know, we've got all bases covered and uh, very excited. Nowhere else does the World Cup reign supreme quite like it does in India. They've announced a squad full of surprises. Chaitan Narilla as excited as any about their chances. They have been building up the squad for the last two years. The tour of Sri Lanka in, uh, in 2017, immediately after the Champions Trophy. But uh, a lot of things have developed since then as well. Uh, there's still no particular, you know, definitive number four batsman. Vijay Shankar could bat at number four. So, there's still some things that are here and there. But otherwise, they've built around it. The, the, the momentum they had, the foundation they had. And uh, to me, it looks like a pretty balanced squad. The fact that all 15 are fit, I think that's the biggest positive. So, stay tuned for all of that. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the weekly cricket news you're listening to following on. Hello, Bats. How are you doing? You've got a smile on your face. A bit different from this time last week. 88 all out it was the day after uh, Surrey went down to the first of the 50-over games. Uh, but yesterday, a win at last, but a, f- a few uh, few injuries as well. I mean, I know the man on everyone's lips is Jason Roy, so tell us how he is. But also, uh, I mean, Ollie Pope, Ricky Clark. I mean, there was uh, Tom Curran as well. Not just World Cup players. We're talking about Surrey season here. So uh, how are you and how are they? Uh, I'm very well, but unfortunately, uh, after the 
the the dust has settled after the game. We're, we've got a few uh, we've got a few in hospital uh, as we stand still with Clark and and Pope. Um, Clark, he got one on the finger and it's sort of broken, dislocated. Pope uh, hurt his shoulder on the boundary. We think that's dislocated and potentially broken. We'll find out more about both injuries uh, once MRIs and uh, and the doctors have been in today. But um, yes, the, the the big one on everybody's lips uh, is Jason Roy and obviously Tom Curran both been named in that provisional fifteen. Um, I don't think Jason is a is a massive drama it's certainly not connected with the hamstring that he's had for a little while it was just a bit of a back spasm which you can get on sort of a a coldish April day um, and I don't think there's anything too serious there and obviously Tom I think it's more precaution there's there's a, a little bit there on a scan but uh, nothing uh, that's going to keep him out of uh, action with England uh, and you're well apart from that I mean it's a bit weird with the 50 over competition because I was there at the Oval for the Essex match I'm going to be there for the Middlesex one as well do the players approach this tournament in 2019 in any different way than they have done in the last few years, knowing now what we know in that as of 2020, this tournament isn't really going to matter as much? No, I think players still look at it exactly the same. It's a, it's a very big tournament and obviously with it being a World Cup year. Um, you, you do seem to you know you end up being a fan at times and you're kind of like oh 50 over cricket there's a World Cup year you want to have a good year you want to remember that year at the end of your career um, certainly ourselves and Essex yesterday went hammer and tong um, to, to, to try and win there was no sort of thinking about the future of the game uh, looking into next year it was very much the here and now and uh, fortunately we got over the line but uh, by hook or by crook I don't really know how it happened um, but it was just nice to get some points on the board and uh, Essex are a bit of a, a problem for us they uh, they do us quite a lot at uh, at the Kier Oval so it was nice to get over the line It was, it was nice to see Ravi Bapar and Alistair Cook at the Oval as well Well look, uh, there's matches taking place as we speak so there's, a, there's no point really looking at the tables but Hampshire top of the pile in the South Group three wins from three Nottinghamshire top of the North three from three but Durham, it'll be interesting to see how they go Cameron Bancroft there's a, a man we could talk about this time next week possibly um, maybe we can get Marcus North to join in that conversation because he certainly got off to an absolute flyer playing for them we're talking World Cup on this week's following on though uh, we can't discuss every single team but there's three teams I suppose if you were to pick your four for the semi-finals it would and there'll be some disagreement uh, India are going to be in there Australia certainly most people feel they're going to get through uh, England hopefully we all expect them to number one in the world and all that and outside of that there's a bit of uh, you could disagree possibly you could say Pakistan won the Champions Trophy in 2017 you can't look too far away from them New Zealand very quietly on the outside they always make semi-finals and uh, I for one think they've got a lot of bases covered but we're going to go for South Africa uh, and in part that's because we know a man who knows even more about South Africa than me and you, and that's uh, your Surrey teammate, Morning Morkel. And you caught up with him a little bit earlier today. Well, today, incredibly lucky to get the great Morning Morkel with us. Uh, South Africa have announced their squad for the World Cup coming up. What do you think, Morning? Hello, Bert. Yeah, I don't know. First of all, I think it's a, it's a big privilege for me. Thanks for having me. Um, strong squad. You know, I think there was a lot of speculations the last couple of months with Markram. You know, Amla especially, um, you know, we were to go for. Um, Risa Hendricks was, was knocking on the door, banging a lot of runs and sort of lost wind off the boil, you know, the last couple of early dice. Um, and I think he's slightly un- unlucky not to be in that squad. But, you know, we've got our 50-man squad, um, you know, a strong-looking squad. 
But one guy who was also missing for me in that 15 is a guy like Chris Morris. You know, he's an X-factor player. Uh, and I think he, he can also be sort of sad that he's, he's not in that 15. Yeah, and a lot of the TalkSport uh, two listeners would know a lot about Chris Morris playing in the IPL. We listen to him quite a lot. Is there any particular reason why he's, he's not been in there? Is it a bit of loss of form or is it just purely down to the, the certain individuals that are requiring the squad? I think, you know, the thing with Chris was, um, you know, fitness was always some sort of a key. He had a couple of back-to-back injuries, you know, first of all, struggled with his knee for a long time and then picked up, uh, you know, a lower back strain that, that kept him out of the game, you know, for a while. And then, um, you know, sort of returning to, 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 to play again, you know, I think just, you know, 50 over cricket for him, you know, I, I think at the back end, you know, he sort of the struggle to, with, with his game fitness. And, um, you know, so I think he went sort of out of favour, you know, when it came to, to the 50 over format in you know, that uh, sort of front. But um, then again, for me, you know, on the day, he's a quality player. And um, he's, he's doing well currently in the IPL, you know, bowling well to death. I think, you know, one of the main things in, in World Cup and especially tight games, you need you want options at the back end, you know, and with Stain Rabard and Aguirre, if you can throw in, you know, Morris there, they can bowl 90 mile an hour and Andy's Yorkers at will, you know, it's quite powerful. So it's sad not to see him there, um, but obviously they, they're backing Dwayne, you know, he's the second all rounder with Andile, and, um, you know, Dwayne's done exceptionally well. He'll control that sort of. Um, middle period, um, balls sort of wicket to wicket. Uh, a lot of guys actually with the, the pressure that Robada and Stein and Ngidi, you know, produces up front, a lot of guys intend to target Dwayne and he picks up a lot of wickets because he's so accurate. So, you know, all, all credit into Dwayne to making that squad and um, he's a dangerous sort of power hitter at the back end as well. And a man who's missed out a little bit recently, had a bit of a, a lack of form maybe, uh, from the greatness that we normally expect. Hashim Amle, is he a real bonus in English conditions uh, getting into that squad for you or what, what's your take on that? For sure, I mean, his experience, you can't, you can't take that away. You know, big games, you need sort of cool car mates that can, that can control the innings, control the sort of, you know, the speed of the game. And for me, Hashim is the perfect guy. You know, he's, 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 he's a type of player that I know uh, big occasions he'll step up. You know, form, yes. You know, it's one thing. Um, unfortunately, his dad is critical ill in South Africa. So, you know, the games that we that he was scheduled to, to play uh, domestically, he couldn't sort of, you know, get to those because of his dad being ill. But uh, for me, he's the type of guy that he'll, he'll flick, flick a switch. Unfortunately, things hasn't happened for him, you know, of late. But, you know, I reckon, yeah, with the ball swinging, you know, two wide balls, he's the perfect guy that you that you want up front is to, to calm those butterflies and let them, you know, sort of settle. We'll get onto the pace attack in a second. We can't not talk about um, Imran Tahir uh, playing in the IPL at the minute, yeah. the mystery leg spinner. Are you worried at all about uh, the other options spin-wise in the squad or are we just very happy that Imran Tahir is in there and you rely so heavily on him? Well, sort of, the, depending on the makeup they go with, you know, Markram is a dangerous sort of guy that can pull a, a sneaky couple of three, four overs. JP Dumini is there, that can, he's another spin option. I think you've got Imran. Then you've got also the option of uh, Shamsi. You know, I think Shamo is he's, he's done well. Um, he brings something different, left-arm Chinaman. You know, I think in wide ball cricket, trying to attack him in the back end, you know, he's a, he's a hard guy to hit. So I, I reckon in terms of, 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 of spin options, you know, South Africa um, is covered. I think you know, as, as, as a general in general, they've got a fantastic bowling unit. Um, you know, there's there's a young guy by the name of Anrich Norkia that he'll he'll slot in. He's a, he's a guy that bowls high 90 mile an hour and I think you know if he comes in 
you know, his job will, will be from overs after the power play, 10 to 30 to run and bowl fast and, you know, get wickets. They'll be happy if he leaks a little bit of runs, but he, his job will be to, to run and bowl fast. Be wrong not to finish with legendary Salafkan fastball yourself. Rabada and Giri. Stain coming back to brilliant form. We, we watched him in the change room the other day, setting the IPL on fire. Are you happy at how it's looking with the pace attack for South Africa going into the World Cup? For sure. And, you know, just looking at the first game against England here at the Oval, you know, I don't think South Africa will mind, you know, playing here. I think it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a fast, bouncy wicket, you know, big square boundary. So, you know, they'll make use of that pace and bounce and, you know, that will work sort of, you know, in their favour. Uh, so I'm licking my lips for the, the start of the you know, end, of, end of May. I think it's going to be a cracker first first game. Um, you know, a little bit of worry, I reckon, you know, for South Africa, that middle order, top order, you know, what sort of combinations they're going to go with. But, uh, yeah, in terms of bowling, I think, you know, we've got all bases covered and uh, very excited to. Got to put you on the spot. Prediction, who's going to get that trophy? Well, everybody, it's a hard question. You know, there's a lot of options. Um, but I, honestly, for some reason, I've got a, I've got a feeling that South Africa is going to come very, very close. You know, we've done that so many years. Um, but I, I just, I, it's our time, I think. You know, England is obviously the, the favourites. They've got a, you know, fantastic squad. Uh, a couple of injuries concerns. Guys not quite, you know, informed. Can you find form, you know, leading up to the World Cup? And it's also, you know, quite tricky when you're not in form. You know, in a World Cup, there's no, no, there's no time. You know, so. Um, I think, yeah, it's going to be a close race, but I have to put my South African hat on and then back the Saffirs. So that was the heart decision. Is there a head decision or is it just the Saffirs? That's it. They're in there. Um, yeah. South Africa, I mean, you know, England, obviously dangerous. And then, um, yeah, India. I think India, you know, they've shown in the past that they've, they've played in champion trophies, finals here. They've won it. So the experience of, of Dhoni, um, you know, Kohli, uh, you know they've got dangerous batters up front with Rohit and Shaker that we can really you know put you under pressure with a with a good bowling unit. So India will always be there, um, but uh, yeah, I have to I have to you know back the boys and I you know, reckon they'll they'll go all the way. Uh, Morning, more call, uh, giving the following on podcast a little bit of his uh, time. You know, there's a kind of uh, image of Mornay that he's too nice. I mean, when you're sharing a dressing room with the guy and you see what he has to go through, I mean, bowlers have to get angry. It hurts too much to be nice all the time. Do you see nice Mornay at all times or do you see horrible Mornay as well? Can you even get to the top of your profession if you don't have the ability to essentially be horrible? I, I think you have to have an amount of that, definitely. You see horrible Mornay if you get him in the nets. You do not want to see your name next to his and, and he's bowling um, particularly if you get one away if he bowls a full ball and you, you climb into it phew, watch out then he's coming to get you um, but actually around the changing room he is the gentle giant he's a lovely fellow he's got time for everybody he wants to help um, he's definitely not that uh, sort of bristling old school South African that is constantly on edge and sort of uh, brushing you off and, and sort of very very in your face he's not like that at all but whew, you get him in the middle yesterday I mean, 4 for 23 or something he, uh, it was a wonderful spell he bowled fast uh, got the ball going through sort of between uh, sort of chest height and head height consistently it was uh, it was fearful you know fearsome cricket it was it was proper bowling I tell you what we've got uh, Morning Morkel as part of the Surrey team we've we dipped into his uh, wealth of knowledge in and amongst the South Africa side Aaron Finch of course uh, a good friend of yours he's going to be in the country soon so hopefully he'll be on the show as well um, but we've also got a man who knows pretty much uh, uh, all there is to know about this Australia squad joining us now Adam Collins top broad 
broadcaster, friend of the show. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining us once more. Um, so the Australian World Cup squad's been announced and you know much has been said about the successes in recent terms in India and, and in Pakistan. You know, when, you, when this squad landed uh, electronically in your lap, there would have been a few surprises, but what was your initial thought, uh, be it a strength, a glaring one or a weakness? Hi, John. G'day, Bats. Look, I, I feel as though uh, actually when it landed, it was the lack of surprises. We've become conditioned over the over the years, especially in recent times with Australian squads, to you know receive a bit of clickbait. You're never going to believe who they're picked next, uh, but that kind of wasn't the case. If anything, uh, the news was that they'd left out Josh Hazelwood, which wasn't completely unsurprising considering uh, he's been out, in and out of the side a little bit with injury of late and hasn't played a lot of one-day cricket, just 350 over internationals in the last 12 months. Ashton Turner was match-winning uh, in the international in India, which really got the ball rolling. You talked about their form in India, then in the UAE against Pakistan, a clean sweep there. A lot of it did start with Ashton Turner making 84 on out in about a quarter of an hour to win a, a game from nowhere in Mahali. So I think we thought he'd come in, given this is likely to be a particularly high-scoring World Cup, probably the most high-scoring World Cup of all time. But they went the more conservative route in order to make room for Steve Smith and David Warner, which... On paper, makes sense, especially with David Warner. We see what he's doing at the IPL at the moment. And Steve Smith has got that big game experience. He's been, for all that's gone on in the last 14 or 15 months, he remains the, the most accomplished of the Australian batsmen, certainly in, in test cricket, but has the experience as well of having won a World Cup and been integral in that campaign in 2015. So, yes, there were um, contentious points, but on balance, I think it's basically where we saw the, the 15 coming for the last month or so. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine 
and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Adam, I I think the word on every Australian's lips will be how is the integration of the two boys coming back in in Warner and Smith? How do you... how do you feel like that's been dealt with? It, it the, the saga at the start felt a bit messy for me and obviously going into a massive world mm. competition. How do you feel it's it's gone in the last sort of six months and obviously them playing IPL at the moment? Yeah, we're entering the unknown a little bit, aren't we, on this? It feels from the outside looking in that Warner um, has done well to keep his mouth shut for as long as he has. Warner, <laughs> um, we, we all know the way he is. He rolls with the punches. He's been involved in so many sort of scraps off the field in different forms over the course of his 10-year international career. I think he knows that he's just got to get down and score runs and keep his mouth shut and public opinion will turn. A little bit different for Stephen Smith, who has been suffering of a golden child uh, in Australian sport. Let, let's remember that not long before um, the, the ball tampering scandal, he was uh, judged by a national broadsheet, the Australian, as the Australian of the Year in 2018. So it gives you some sense of the reverence in which Smith was held and that'll happen having had a, a Bradman esque Ashes series in 1718. So to go from that sort of high to, to that kind of low and rehabilitate yourself along the way, I, I wonder whether it might be a fraction harder for Smith than it will be Warner. Um, so there's still a lot of questions unknown. I think that's the main thing is, is that we, we, we get to, what is it now, 13 months after the fact and we still don't really know what happened in the dressing room at Cape Town. There's, They've taken the option of revealing very little. We know the, the broad facts, of course, but when it comes to the nitty-gritty, people are still none the wiser than we were a year ago. So that means there'll always be questions, and if anything, they've, they've probably missed the trick, in my view, in the way they've managed that. So it's a little bit harder to get past, but um, the one defining characteristic of Australian cricket fans and, and Australian sports fans is that um, success is everything. So that if these two come back into the team and score runs, um, not all will be forgotten. I don't want to overstate the case, but... Um, their, their reintegration will be made a lot easier if they perform. Is this squad or team lacking a little bit of uh, punch, a bit of power, uh, middle and lower order? I, I feel like it is. I mean, we saw um, in the first couple of rounds of the Royal London Cup games how high scoring it's been. Now, I know that oftentimes it's shorter boundaries on one side of the ground at the early stage of the season, but even uh, observing England in the last few years in 50 over internationals at home, um, in excess of 400 will be maybe not the norm, but it's going to happen fairly often. And that's not something, that's not, that's not a club that Australia has shown to have in the bag. Yes, they've won eight one-day internationals in the trot, but that's more often than not making about 280 and, and their bowling has been their, 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 their strength. They can defend almost any score. And remember, they've got an incredible bowling lineup. Let's not diminish that for a heartbeat. They'll, they'll do well with the ball. It's whether they have the firepower, though. of course, Glenn Maxwell and Marcus Stoinis hit the ball a mile, and Maxwell's been in pretty good touch from the national side. He hasn't pulled up trees yet for, for Lancashire, but I'm sure before his stint's over, uh, he will at some stage. And, and Marcus Stoinis probably hits the longest ball in the Australian setup. So in those two at five and six, or possibly six and seven, they do have that strength. But that's not the way Usman Kalaja plays. As effective as he's been as the opener in recent times, he's had a, a, a spell in the Australian side like no other in white ball cricket for him on a personal level. And Aaron Fitch... Likewise, he really uh, came into some really good form in the UAE and at the back end of that Indian series as well. Um, even though they both can hit the ball a long way, especially pinch, 
the reality is that Warner's a, a far more refined player these days, largely due to the work that he did with um, Dividendo at Surrey when, when he was the batting coach at Australia for a couple of years there. He's so effective between backward point and extra cover. That's where he scores the bulk of his runs. In the IPL, um, not only does he have the most runs in the competition, but he also has the most singles and the most twos. So I think that the top three are going to be more an accumulation period uh, in building an Australian innings, likewise Stephen Smith, who's replaced Peter Hanscom as the glue in the middle order. So you ask about who, where is the firepower. It really does rely on the, on the work of Glenn Maxwell and Marcus Stoinis in the absence of Ashton Turner, who, despite having had a, a terribly rough trot in T20 cricket of late, scoring five ducks in his last five starts, we do know that he can give the ball a wallop, but they've elected to leave him at home. And the, the last ICC World Tournament in England... Actually, they have different rules at the ICC than we would normally see pitches traditionally in England. Spin actually came to the fore. How do you see Zampa's progression and Nathan Lyon sort of not always fancied in white ball cricket but being fancied in the World Cup squad? Yeah, Nathan Lyon made his name as a white ball cricketer a long, long time ago when he had that remarkable rise from the curator or the groundsman at Canberra to, to, to Adelaide and ended up in the side playing T20 cricket and before you knew it, he was a, a test bowler. So you're right in saying that he's been given very few sustained runs in, in, in either of the Australian white ball teams across his decade in international cricket. So, But he is the second spinner. I, I don't think he'll get a lot of action early in the tournament. But as you say, as the pitches deteriorate, and we know that uh, they're principally going to use the three pitches in, in the middle of each square. So logic suggests that much like it was in the Champions Trophy, spin will play a far bigger role at the back half of the tournament. Adam Zampa will be charged with the responsibility of being Australia's number one spinner, and rightly so. He's been Australia's most effective spinner in short-form cricket since the last World Cup. He fell out of favour for about 12 months there, but you know, I think it was in 2016 he took more wickets than anyone in the world. So he bowls a very straight line, a lot of overspin, plenty of wrong ends. He's always attacking the stumps. So in terms of the, the revolution in 50 and 20 over cricket of leg spinners, he, he's coming around and maturing at the exact right time. Uh, as for um, whether they'll, they'll use Maxwell, it's worth remembering that four years ago, Glenn Maxwell was Australia's number one spinner in the World Cup. Xavier Doherty only played one game. They, they invested a lot of faith in Glenn Maxwell. And he took a five for a Lords in a first-class game last week. And he was opening the bowling for Lancashire in the 50-over Cup last week. So you, you might see a scenario where Zampa and Maxwell can partner up and they'll keep lying back towards the end of the tournament. Adam, thanks for joining us ever and uh, it'll be interesting to see how Australia go and that's, uh, well, Australia come to these aisles every single year. I mean, they'll be back next year as well, I think, for an ODI series. We've got the Ashes later this year. Then we've got the Ashes uh, uh, in their place in a couple of years. So uh, go well, Adam, and uh, no doubt we'll be hearing you again on Talk Sport before long. Cheers, Adam. Go well. Pleasure. Well, from Australia to India, because you can't talk about World Cups without speaking um, about India. They have put together a phenomenally experienced squad. Uh, so many of these names have uh, starred not just in the home country, but in England as well. That's the difference between perhaps, you know, the Australian squads, Gareth, where there's a lot of names in there, a lot of players who've done well overseas and in Australia. But, you know, some of that bowling attack, some of the spinners, some of the all-rounders, they haven't actually done it in England. You cannot say that about India. Uh, pleased to say Chaitan Narula joins us to look at the squad as a whole and to, to give him give us his thoughts. In some ways, Chaitan, this team was, uh, was being worked on this time last year, wasn't it, when India were here? They brought in the two wrist spinners. That was a, a big move um, away from uh, the traditional 11 that they would field in this part of the world. Uh, but they've also 
have got Jadeja in there as well. So they've got spin. We've got some uh, marvellous fast bowlers. You've got uh, MS Dhoni's final hurrah. Who would rule out that being the winning moment? Uh, you've got openers who've done it here and there and everywhere. Uh, and you've got Kohli as well. A phenomenally, phenomenally strong squad. Absolutely, John. I mean, it's, uh, it's a very well-balanced squad on first look. Um, they have been building up this squad for the last two years, the tour of Sri Lanka in, uh, in 2017, immediately after the Champions Trophy. Uh, that's when the process of experimentation started. That's when the leg spinners, uh, first of all, came in, or the wrist spinners, in fact, first of all, came in. And over the last two years, the tour of England last year was the midpoint of that experimentation. So a lot of things you know, were in place when they came to England last year. They lost the series 2-1. But uh, a lot of things have developed since then as well. Uh, there's still no particular, you know, definitive number four batsman. Vijay Shankar could bat at number four. So there's still some things that are here and there. But otherwise, they've built around it, the, the, the momentum they had, the foundation they had. And uh, to me, it looks like a pretty balanced squad. Chetan, do you have any concerns over what's happening in the IPL at the minute? A few players yeah. just lacking a bit in form. Yadav, for one, who's such a magnificent bowler and so crucial to the Indian team. And Kartik probably looks like he'd be the backup keeper, but his form seems to have slipped a little bit. And obviously, on the positive side, Dorn, he just gets better and better and better. Is there anything that's given you an indication of the, the final 11 from what you're seeing in the IPL now? Yes, I think... Uh... At the moment, the, the Indian cricketers who are going to be part of this 15, I think they're just taking it a little easy. I mean, that, that's that's the message that has gone out. Even before the IPL started, Virat Kohli said in his last press conference, we want to enjoy the IPL. Watching this IPL, uh, I haven't seen too many matches, but watching this IPL, as much as I've seen, I just get the feeling that they're not going full tilt in this IPL. They're just out there to enjoy themselves. Every one of them seems to be thinking for the World Cup. Even MS Dhoni, who's in such superb form, he's talking about his fitness issues. When was the last time MS Dhoni talked about his fitness? So, you know, even he's concerned that with the World Cup coming, they don't push themselves too hard. I think uh, the format of the IPL, obviously, is such that the bowlers will, will be taken for runs quite a bit. Kuldeep Yadav, he's a phenomenal bowler. But still, you know, the pitches are really flat. Even in Eden Gardens, he's playing for Kolkata Knight Riders. Dinesh Karthik bats a little too much, too low down the order for my liking, and obviously Andre Russell is doing so well for Kolkata Knight Riders. So everybody else there is in the back background for 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 the moment. So I'm not really concerned. Uh, maybe maybe again that number four spot because they don't really have a particular player who can fit in at number four easily. Vijay Shankar playing for Sunrisers Hyderabad doesn't get too many opportunities to come up and bat. So. Towards the end of the tournament or end of the IPL, I would like Sunrisers Hyderabad to give him a few more opportunities with the bat higher up. Maybe somebody needs to call Sunrisers Hyderabad team management. Otherwise, the fact that all 15 are fit, I think that's the biggest positive. Chaitan, what's the latest with the status of the India-Pakistan game? Do you expect that to go ahead? Oh, absolutely. I expect uh, expect that to go ahead. Uh, you know, the lot of political heat there was. Uh, in, in February, January, February. So that has died down. And obviously, there have been some political stand by the government of India, government of Pakistan. There was, uh, there was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, attention given to the border. Uh, things have died down since then. The game, as it stands today, will go ahead. Uh, it might rear up again uh, if, if uh, you know, if there's some, something happens, something untoward happens before, between now and the game. 
But as things stand, I think the game should go ahead. There's been no talk from the BCCI. You know, it, it needs to be remembered that even in the heat of things, the BCCI was not really taking a stand away from not participating in the game. Even in the email that they shot to the ICC, they just talked about the concern over security through the World Cup and everything. They'd never mentioned about pulling out of the game. I think uh, the game should go ahead without any trouble. Cheers, Jim. Let, let's hope we don't have that uh, that very wet English summer that, that comes around every now and again. Um, but if we were to, are you worried about the lack of out-and-out fast bowlers in the squad? It's a very good squad, but you've only got three out-and-out fast bowlers. Uh, do you worry yeah. about the fourth seam option if it if we get that wet summer? Uh, that's a very interesting point, guys, because that is the only thing that is different from what an ideal World Cup squad will be for India. Or would be, in fact. Uh, in, I was looking back at 99 when the World Cup last came to England. Obviously, conditions very different, rules very different, the game's pace is very different. But India had four out, out, out and out pacers. They had two medium pace all rounders as well in that squad. That's the big difference this time. And I think it, it is to do with the playing conditions, it is to do with the flatter tracks that we saw in the Champions Trophy and the change in rules. Also, India's combination, India's best combination does not include three fast bowlers. It includes two fast bowlers, two, pay, uh, two spinners, and then you have Hardik Pandya and Kedar Jadav filling in for the number, uh, number five bowler or the last 10 overs. And now you have Vijay Shankar. He's not bowled too much or too well in Indian conditions, but uh, in English conditions, he would be a handful. I saw him in Australia. I saw him in New Zealand. He bowled really well in those conditions. So, uh, in helpful conditions, his bowling will be, uh, you know, he, he will be able to put in five or six or even seven overs. So, in that sense, India's bowling concerns of bowling 50 overs, that, that, that concern is not there. So, I think it's a big gamble taking Ravindra Jadeja instead of a fourth fast bowler. But uh, th- this could be because of, the, because of the permutations and combinations. I had a chat with Indian coach Ravi Shastri. He said that, you know, in some matches, we might, looking at the conditions, as you mentioned, you know, rain and cloud cover, it could come any time in England. So keeping those conditions in mind, they could play an extra pacer, they could play Ravindra Jadeja, who could be a lower order all-rounder. So this, this move is a brave one, and it is because of uh, permutations and combinations that uh, Virat Kohli likes to play with. Otherwise... India's formula of their bowling attack is already set. Thanks, Chaitin. Uh, brilliant stuff. It's also interesting about just how different the squads are being put together. If you look at the way that England are approaching things, Australia, India, South Africa, all the teams that we've mentioned in the show today, they're going about things in very different ways. And, you know, ODI cricket, you, it seems to go through cycles, doesn't it? And, you know, the way England have done things at times that seem to be old-fashioned. Then they change their ways to what we see now. And then you see teams like India actually approaching the way that England have gone about things. As, do you know what I mean? It's, sometimes you're just saying, whoever's got the best players, you just pick the best players and, and that's pretty much it. It's not really about mentality or approach. It's like any other any other team sport. You can only play in the manner that your players allow you to play in. And That's a much better way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and England are allowed to play in this very aggressive manner with the bat um, because they know that they set the stall out two, three years ago 
they're going to get 300 every time they bat or they're going to be bowled out for 180 they're happy with that because it allows their bowlers it allows Rashid to take wickets and not think about economy so much plunk it to do a similar sort of job in the middle of the innings they flipped it around with a, a, a leg spin a wrist spin a bowling more death overs uh, allowing plunk it to bowl fast and short with only the four out now and India are playing with, with different uh, methods as are Australia as are South Africa I don't think anybody fully is going into this tournament thinking we've got a formula absolutely nailed down and I count England in that mm. because I don't think they're probably as comfortable as they were maybe a year ago. I think it's going to be fascinating because the chances are three of the four teams we mentioned today are definitely going to be in the semi-finals and then all bets are off anyway. You know, you can imagine England absolutely steamrolling their opposition, winning, you know, seven out of nine games, eight out of nine games, and then all bets are off anyway. Um, I'm not sure I see the strength in the squad and in terms of experience and out-and-out leaders and out-and-out talent for South Africa. I think they'll be there or thereabouts as some of the teams we mentioned earlier, Pakistan and New Zealand, who I expect would will be the ones really battling for that fourth semi-final spot. Australia, I think... They look on their day scarily good, but I think they've got a weakness with their spin. I think they've got a weakness with their middle to low order. And they're too reliant on their top three. And also, it's that mentality thing as well. You know, listening to what Adam was saying about David Warner scoring a lots, of, lots of ones and twos. I don't think England will be worried about scoring lots of ones and twos. That's not the way they go about things. Um, will that, that will work for five, six games out of ten. But when it doesn't work... What have they got coming up behind them? So that, I think, is a weakness. And India, you know, you don't rule out India, but India are quite cautious in the way they play cricket as well. You know, the first 10 overs, first 20 overs, they will look to preserve wickets. They've only got three out-and-out batsmen in their team, Sharma, Dewan and Kohli. And then it's the all-rounders. So they're going to be protecting them. There is another team, of course, that we know very, very well that we haven't mentioned today who are yet to announce their World Cup squad. It's coming in the next 24 hours, and that's the West Indies. And they do believe in hitting it from ball one. Just so dangerous, the West Indies. The, the one thing I would I would say above everything, it, it all depends on what we get above our heads, what the overhead conditions are going to be. If we get a dry period throughout this World Cup, then watch out, India will Whoa, they'll be a wonderful team and batting and, and not taking too many chances up front keeping wickets in hand will be the way to go but if you get on that sort of English let's call it a sticky dog where it just seems and nibbles and swings England, England ain't just going to sort of uh, just play and, and, and hope they get get past that new ball they're going to go hard at that new ball they're going to try and wreck that new ball so it doesn't swing at least take something out of the equation you see the West Indies doing that 100% do you see India doing that no I think they'll probably try and, and get past it which could be fatal it could also be brilliant there is no right or wrong in these methods Australia the one thing you would say if they get in on that day when it nips around a bit and you can get them two or three down you hope you can control the innings with them yes they have wonderful players but they don't have that depth that maybe a few other teams do have South Africa are definitely the dark horse because their seam attack if they get it right with the three big lads who all ball 90 mile an hour plus on, on those sort of conditions they can rip the heart out of any batting lineup. Saying that, Mitchell Stark, I think he'd walk into any team. And uh, Australia, the same. You know, they can take wickets at the top of the order. And Cummins Pat as well. Well, oh. Patrick Cummins is. Both rockets, doesn't he? Well, oh. he does. And he's taken his test form well and truly into the 50 over 
form as well. So we shall see. Plenty of talking points, and we'll reflect on that West Indies squad this time next week. What? Uh, I just had a quick look at your fixture list. It's three games, I think, in the next seven days. So you're going to be busy, aren't you? No rest for the wicked. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, one bit of sad news we haven't spoke about Sri Lanka, of course. Their squad's been announced as well, and the news coming out of Sri Lanka the last couple of well, um, we were. As a group, very affected by it. We spent two months in a wonderful country, beautiful people. Um, it's just, it's just horrendous. And coming so soon after another cricket playing nation, New Zealand, and we believe the two incidents are linked. Unfortunately, it's just, uh, yeah. I think we're all, everyone who toured there, is just a bit shocked, not the least, because of course we actually stayed at the hotels that were, well, one of the hotels, Cinema Grand, that was affected. It's a horrible thing, and it. it Words cannot express um, how we feel for the people of Sri Lanka, uh, the whole community, not just the cricket community. I've, I've spoken with a few friends out there, and and ho- you know, hopefully um, they, can, they can they can pull together and, and get through an incredibly difficult time. Um, and 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 let's just hope that um, for the for the great good of the country, Sri Lanka come here and, and have a very good World Cup and and try and put some smiles back on some faces, which is just an incredibly tough time. And uh, our hearts go out to them, and our thoughts go out to them, and, and we hope they come through the other side. Yeah, well said. Well, it's a bit of a sombre way to finish the show, but uh, some things are much more important, and it's important that people out there know that you know it's not just the people of Sri Lanka that were affected. That uh, hits to the heart of what we are all about. Um, as I say, yeah, that's the end of this week's following on. And to never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. Uh, see you next week where we'll be bringing you a preview because England are back underway um, uh, with a one-day series against Pakistan, which we know a lot about. Joffrey Archer will be starring, hopefully, alongside Chris Jordan. Uh, they also play a one-off ODI next week in Ireland so uh, we'll bring a full preview to both series myself and Gareth Batty here on the following on podcast the following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism and this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 